Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 pound 590 on your wireless, or toll free 1 877 590 KLBJ. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Austin Gardener. Thanks for tuning in to KLBJ today. I'm Cheryl McLaughlin, as you heard. And today, let's talk about whatever y'all want to talk about. Again, it's hot. We need rain. So let's get that out of the way right quick. (laughs) It's also horrible. It's horrible. I'm really excited about it. Maybe only being 96 tomorrow. It's going to feel like a cold front came in. So anyway, uh, 512-836-0590 is the call or text line. And we have a toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. I want to encourage you that if you have any projects you are thinking about having done in your landscape, to consider kevinwoodlandscapes.com is the website. There's also a Facebook page, uh, Kevin Wood Landscapes, totally geared towards sustainability, native Texas plants, well-adapted non-native plants, all the other kinds of things you would need, like irrigation, lighting, patios, grass, you name it. Um, So please get in line early if you want something done this fall because it takes a while, as you've heard me say a million times, to turn around a good design and get it bid and get you scheduled and everybody agreed on everything. So... And that goes for all the good landscape companies, not just Kevin Wood Landscapes, but all the good landscape companies. You cannot call in, you know, September the 15th and say, hey, I want something done in October. They're already going to be booked. So, But today, what do y'all want to talk about? I mean, here's the thing. It's August the 27th. It is almost, almost, I can say, the end of the worst of the worst. Yeah, we probably have another few weeks, maybe, hopefully not too many weeks um, of this terrible weather. But, you know, thank goodness, it is like the end of August. September will get here. Hopefully, it'll be a little less brutal. And then we can be looking at how can we save what we still have alive, right? Because, you know, with the water restrictions, it's been really tough. So um, I know I, I had to set mine back to one day a week and everything was so wilted. But hopefully the really hardy stuff in this is where doing the native stuff comes in. It'll typically go dormant if it's not able to get any water. But then when it does rain, things come back. Um, so that's that's one of the best reasons to use native Texas plants that are adapted to these, you know, droughty conditions. So uh, so if you want to talk about that, you can call us or anything else you want to talk about, 512-836-0590, call or text, or toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. Um, so somebody is texting about a peace lily uh, house plant. Uh, it's in the spathophyllum 
uh, family. It's a really good, but it is a toxic plant. So if you have animals that are going to eat stuff, you don't really want to have a peace lily where they can get to it or even kids. Uh, but it's beautiful. It has white flowers. It's native to like tropical areas of like South America, possibly even Central America, but uh, n- certainly not North America. But it's a it wants bright light, not direct light. So if you've got a sunny window area, uh, you can you know put it next to that. As long as the you know the western sun doesn't come in through that window and burn it up, uh, but it's uh, it likes to be kept slightly moist and it likes to be misted. It is a tropical rainforest type plant, so it likes to be misted. Uh, in addition to you know some good uh, light but steady moisture, so peacefully, really good plant. I love them. All right, let's go to Elgin for our first caller. Hey Denise, how's it going? This week, but my question is about sedum. If if I'm trying to grow sedum in a pot um, and, and ice plants as well, and I'm just not having a lot of success with it, I I am definitely not overwatering them because I let them look really sad before I start watering them because I was always afraid of overwatering them. Uh-huh. And I just I need tips on how to get these things to grow, or is it just way too hot for them well it's hot for everything but i don't know what the conditions are in which you are planting them what do you um what do you have them in like a potting mix um it is a potting mix um that is is not all potting soil it it has some uh, decomposed granite and things like that in it too Mm -hmm. and um it I, I put the ice plants where they get some afternoon shade, but um, at least six hours of sun. Mm-hmm. And uh, the sedum is, is, well, one, I heard it was short-lived, which I didn't know that. So I I just don't know how to get these things to grow. I, I dearly love them, but I have never been successful with them. And I was hoping you could give me some tips. If I'm going to have to start over, let me do it the right way. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you're doing everything right. I wouldn't have them in the full sun right now, even if they ultimately, you know, grow up to be, you know, very hardy in the sun. But a lot of sedums, and there, and this is such a good point you bring up, there are sedums that are like perennial sedums that are kind of native, um, that uh, are sustain- pretty sustainable. And then there are the other little fun ones that don't live very long that... You know, or, or, or more like a little, just a cheap thrill, as I like to call them. Um, okay. If you take a little bitty tiny plant and put it in a great big, much bigger pot, it's just going to sit there uh, for a very long time. And I don't know if that's what you did, but it's, uh, you know, because what, all it'll do is try to work on roots, 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 and instead right. of growing on the top. So... And I wouldn't ch- chinch on the water because most of these potting soils, they drain so fast. So you're just going to have to kind of stick your finger down in there. But when they're trying to get established, I think a little light moisture would will be better than, you know, letting them get ugly looking. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I will give that a try. And then on ice plants, just treat them like sedums or are they considered sedum? Yeah, no, they're really good. Ice plants a good perennial. 
and it will grow in partial shade or full sun and comes back every year. So that's that's one of my favorites. So if, if I've had an ice plant in, in a, it, it's a um, actual uh, wash tub, large uh, galvanized wash tub, and I've had it there for uh, three years, and this year all the little leaves are falling off, and so I'll put water on it and they start to come back out and then they all fall off again. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, is it too dry or is, and every time I put my finger in there, it is dry. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking, is it too dry or is it just too hot for them? Yeah. I think it's probably a combination, but give it a little extra water. I think what you'll see is when it starts to cool off a little bit, they'll come roaring back. Okay. All right. I'll give it a try. Thank you so much. They're really tough. Okay. Thanks for calling KLBJ today. All right. We, uh, Richard, I see you there. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back, and let's go right to the phone lines. But if you want to join in, 512-836-0590, call or text. Richard Allendale, how you doing? I'm just fine. The reason I call, I'm I'm working uh, LCLA. That's water out of the dam. Uh, the river is uh, over a foot above normal, and it's 24 hours a day. And the river is over 100 foot wide, and that's matter of water. That's I, I just want to know. I'd like to know why they let that extra water in. Uh, the downstream contracts. When they're letting water out of the dam when we're in a drought like this, it's because they have contracts that are they're obligated to fulfill to the downstream, like the rice farmers and places like that. So that's yeah. why they're doing it. But you can probably go yeah. on LCRA's website and, you know, get an explanation for exactly what's going down the river. But, yeah, it's hard to watch. A lot of people get upset about it. And, uh, yeah, I know. But when you got a contract, you got a contract. And uh, so that's that's the explanation that I can think of right off the top of my head. Okay. All right, Richard. Thanks. Thank for, you. Thank you, sir. Okay, let's see here. 512-836-0590. Uh, here's a text. How would you deal with root knot nematodes? I don't know what you're trying to grow, but uh, you can get nematode-resistant varieties of plants. So that's something you should look for, um, like in tomatoes and stuff like that. Citrus, you can either till citrus rinds into the area, dig them in where you're planting or drench with a citrus oil-based product, like, for instance, um, if you can find Antifuego, F-U-E-G-O, by, uh, made by Gardenville, I hope it's still on the market. They don't pay me to advertise it, but uh, what it is is a citrus base. It was mainly to get rid of fire ants, but it's got good stuff in it for... Uh, soil, You know, it's got the humates. It's got all kind of healthy stuff in there. So I've used it before to drench pots that got full of fire ants and stuff, and it really did the job. So if you can drench around the areas with, um, with that product 
Or you can buy citrus oil, make up your own mixture. You know, you put it in with some fish emulsion or whatever. I don't know what you're trying to grow, but that's one of the ways to control them. Just a lot of good organic matter also helps. Ultimately, if you have a really bad, bad infestation, um, you would plant Elbon rye in the winter uh, or late fall for winter, and they trap nematodes in their uh, root systems. So that's a, that's a popular way to get rid of them. But you need to just be sure you know you know that you you have a lot of them before you do something like that. So because Elbon rye is a big old rangy plant, uh, it can get really you know big and and uh, it'll do the trick. But then when it, and it'll it'll go away in the heat just like the other kinds of rye. But then you got a lot of a root mass and stuff to deal with. So you'd probably want to plan on leaving that area fallow uh, for a while. So, okay, let's see here. Ms. Cheryl, what gives with irrigation systems? I began gardening with my partner. The irrigation system didn't work in his garden. I got a job at a respected nursery. I thought, ah, now I'll see how it works. Theirs didn't work either. <laughs> When I got my university guarding position, I was certain I would see the future of irrigation. But even though it's installed, many don't work. Why is this so common? Is it so? Is it something in particular that tends to break on them? I will tell you right now that most of the problems with irrigation systems are caused by people either digging into the pipes when they're planting stuff, it's happened to me at my own yard, or um, getting the heads knocked off by gardeners or landscapers that come to do maintenance on the systems. Um, that is one of the main things that you have to look for. And certainly, things fail. You know, I mean, there's electronics in the valve boxes, and so once in a while, you'll get a bad valve uh, that... that you know, needs to be replaced. Um, and now when you're talking about drip systems, for instance, and here's why I rarely ever use them, only if somebody demands that they get one, is that squirrels and all kind of stuff love to chew those, those little tubes. And they are also very susceptible to being cut by weed eaters, mowers, what have you digging um so i think most of our problems with irrigation are mechanical really um but you do get the occasional failure of of a system but this is why you got to get a, cert a certified uh irrigation person to come and run through your irrigation every so often and they'll go through every zone they'll look at all the make sure nothing's leaking Make sure all the valves are working. I have a broken valve right now um, on one side of my property that I have to get. Uh, we can't find it. It's in an overgrown kind of area. So they do have uh, tools for that. So I need to, them to come over with a valve uh, finder uh, and fix that part of my system. But the rest of it works really good. I did have a big leak couple of years ago, really big leak, and I was getting $1,000 water bills, but I couldn't see it. It was in that same overgrown kind of 
native area that I never really went down into. And we finally found the pipe, and it had been laid improperly on top of, of a rock. And, you know, they vibrate when they go off, the pipes do. When, when you run the water through them, they vibrate. And after a few years, it had hit against that old punchy rock and broke a hole through that pipe. And it was leaking at an enormous rate. Uh, but it wasn't visible to me uh, until we had somebody really go down there and look at it. So that's my two cents on the subject. If you're going to get an irrigation system, just be sure that you have a licensed irrigation person install it, right? Okay, let's see here. Um, hi, Cheryl. Would you give suggestions of what to plant in the area that is circled in yellow? As you can see, it's on a slope, so we need help with erosion. Do you think lantana would work? I do. I think especially purple trailing lantana because it looks kind of shady in there. But listen, let me just give you a tip. Um, when you are planting anything on a little slope like that, make a little circle of stones underneath the plant. Create a little level spot for it um, to help it get established because when you water on a slope, obviously, it's not level, the water tends to run right off. But if you can find something to make you a little half-moon circle and create a little level spot there and then plant your lantana, the reason the purple lantana would be the good one is because it roots at the nodes, unlike trailing lantana or bush lantana. Uh, the, the purple trailing lantana, and also it's, it's more shade tolerant, um, but it'll root at the nodes, and it's good for holding in the soil on a little slope like that. So, yeah, I think I think I would do the purple trailing lantana on that spot. And it looks like it's right below a tree. So you're going to have some competition from that tree, and it may be. And if it's total shade all the time, I don't know that I would go with uh, something that wants some sun like lantana. I say the purple trailing, it's it's kind of more shade tolerant than the others, but it too will want some sun. So I don't know what the, the sun uh, consideration is in this area. Other things that might work there, uh, in a, if it is partially shaded, would be something like black and blue salvia, which I just love. Um, maybe even something like a plumbago would work if you like blue like I do. I love blue. Um, so, yeah, tell me a little bit more about the light conditions, and I might be able to give you more uh, appropriate ideas. Okay, 512-836-0590, call or text. And we have a toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. So this is just the calm before the, the fall planting storm arrives. Uh, this is a time of year when you can get good deals on plants. And again, nobody's paying me to tell you this, but this is just the nature of the beast. Everybody's trying to, every nursery trying to keep their plants alive. Uh, doesn't mean you have to stick them in the ground right now if you don't feel like doing that. But you might be out there uh, looking and trying to get some, uh, you know, some plants at, at maybe even a good discount. 
uh, take them off the hands of the retailers right now and then get ready to put them in. Because you know we can start putting them in in a couple, three weeks. It, I'd be planting right now if it wasn't for the water restrictions. Although you can do hose-end watering. So if you just plant one or two things, you might be able to get away with just hose-end watering them um, and getting them getting them going for fall. Uh, but it won't be too long before we're ready to kick back into gear. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get some rain and then we can start looking at... Uh, planting again in earnest which i'm real excited about i'd like to plant some cool stuff uh but again rain okay time for the news we'll be back after this welcome to the austin gardener with cheryl mclaughlin on news radio klbj 590 am and 99.7 fm Okay, we are back, and we have lines open, and uh, you can always call or text 512-836-0590, or we have that toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. So I got a text that says, my kids in my 4-H club and I planted 10 avocado pits in a large molasses feed tub back in May. Every one of them came up and are about six inches tall. Should we transplant them into the ground or into individual pots? We have them in filtered sun under a pecan tree now. So I thought I'd read you a very short comment in my um, book that's the Texas Organic Vegetable Gardening Book by Howard Garrett and Malcolm Beck. And here's what it says about avocado. Persia Americana is cold tender and will only survive the winter in the southern tip of Texas. It can be grown easily from seed, but then a lot of people ask what to do with it after it's grown. You have three choices. One, build a tall greenhouse. Two, move to Brownsville. Or three, toss it in the compost pile and plant an adapted plant. (laughs) I always got kind of a kick out of that. Uh, so that's absolutely the answer. They're fun to grow, so you can do that, but they will not survive a uh, a cold winter here. So you could consider uh, putting them in containers and bringing them in for the winter, putting them back out next year. Um, but again, they get big, so you may you may have to consider if you really want to keep them. Uh, the only way you're ever going to get any avocados off of them is if you can protect them with a heated greenhouse in the winter. Most of us don't have that. So, um, I I mean, it could be fun. If you're just looking for something fun, uh, it, you can stick some in the ground, keep some in pots. If you have some, you can experiment with. But again, you have to be prepared to lose them um, in, a, in the, a freeze. In the winter so now there are some varieties that they say are more cold hardy um i had a listener he hasn't called in a long time but he lives southeast of here and he had a a variety that he's had for years that's been producing for him they're a little different than the regular haas avocados but they're they're um lilo 
he called him Lilla, but he spelled it L-I-L-A, I believe was the name of that avocado. So you might, I don't know what kind y'all have, but um, it is uh, probably the kind you got from a Haas avocado from the grocery store. And they're not cult hardy. Okay, here's another text. Hi, Cheryl. It's my first year growing fall obedient plant. It's in part shade and has bloomed all summer. The stems are leggy, but it's still putting on new buds and new growth. Uh, and new growth is starting along the stems, too. Should I prune it now? If so, how much? Thanks. Love your show. I, if it's still blooming, I wouldn't prune it. Um, fall obedient plant's a gorgeous plant. You just have to be careful because it's very aggressive. So I hope you have it in an area where you can kind of control the spread of the fall obedient plant. But it, it sure is a pretty thing. It got started in my yard. Probably Kevin brought something home. He was always bringing plants home um, and stuck it in the ground. And it, and it just overtook too much. Uh, it took me a good long while to get it rid of it. But uh, there's a spring obedient and a fall obedient. So it'll be, uh, you could probably print it a little bit right now. I wouldn't do it much, though, because, um, you know, it's possible that you'll lose some of your blooms for fall. But I, I know they do get kind of leggy. But remember, as they new growth starts along the stem, it'll make them a little bit bushier. Um, and, and they will take full sun, but right now it's probably good you have them in semi-shade. Uh, let's see, here's another text. Uh, give them to the squirrels. It's a nice treat. Are you talking about the avocado plant? I bet you are. <laughs> give the avocados to, to the uh, squirrels. Nice treat. Yeah, they probably love them. And that's another thing. If, if stuff might eat them if you put them out in the yard. But um Hi, Cheryl. The picture I sent with the yellow circle gets partial sun. The tree's about 30 feet tall. I do like blue, purple, and yellow. I really love your show and appreciate you sharing your knowledge. Good. Well, then I think that the purple um, is a great idea. Uh, the purple, see, because the size of this, this is the one I was talking about earlier on the little slope. The size of that area Really, if you just planted one or two of the trailing purple lantana, and by the way, there's also white trailing lantana that roots at the nodes as well, which I do love uh, just as much. So if you want to get a couple of colors in there, um, again, though, you want to do a little cross, cross terracing when you plant your stuff on that slope so that the level areas will allow water to settle where you water them so uh, let's see here um, give them to the squirrels oh yeah he says yes that's what I was talking about so okay we still have lines open uh, 8512-836-0590 call or text and then we also have the toll-free line which is 877-590-5525 Another thing you can be doing right now is ordering your fall wildflower seeds because uh, we start putting them in like uh, end of September and you can plant them throughout October. Um, that is the primo time to get your wildflowers started. So if you want to, whether you're going to do a mix, 
that's got like 27 different things in it or whether you're going to buy your seeds individually so that you can select which ones you want. Because when you buy a mix, you're going to have everything from, and, and not great amounts of anything, except for the seeds that are the least expensive, right? So they're going to put a ton of Mexican hat seeds in there probably. Uh, and that is a plant that can just overtake everything else almost. Um, but if you want like a blue bonnet patch, I would buy my blue bonnets in an individual package. Just buy them, just the blue bonnets, right? Uh, because I do feel like you're going to get more, more seeds, obviously, that way. And you can have a dedicated patch of whatever, you, you know, wherever you got it uh, planned out for. You can also get, you know, all the other seeds in individual packets. And that goes, you know, everything from Coreopsis to Gallardia, um, Mexican uh, mint, marigold. You can also get, you know, horse mint, all the fun stuff. Um, and, and choose your, you know, choose wisely. So if you don't want just almost all Mexican hat, for instance, then get, you know, but you might want a little bit of them, but okay. We got the pits. This is back to the avocado that they started from seeds. We got the pits from a friend, and he said they came from a Del Rio variety. That was the variety, Del Rio. Not, I have not heard of that, but again, uh, that's a lot farther south from here. I don't know if they're growing them all year uh, down there and getting production. That would be good. That's cool. I mean, again, it's fun. I, I'm all for experimenting. All right, let's go to the phone lines. San Antonio, here we come. Elizabeth, how's it going? Oh, fine. How are you, Cheryl? Good, good, good. Good. Um, I have a question about mesquite thorns. Some workers dragged some newly cut mesquite branches over where I usually park my car. And I just wondered if the would the thorns have come off the branches, do you think, when it was just cut? Mm, it's possible, sure, because just by dragging them, they could break off the... Th oh. the I would see if you can get a, with a blower to come be sure and blow your driveway off just in case. I don't know that a mesquite thorn would penetrate a tire, uh -huh. uh, but they are tough. They are tough, and if... If not that, who wants to step on a mesquite thorn, right? No, I don't. You're right. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for your help. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, that that would be a problem. I'd have them blow it, blow that area. Thank you. Okay. All thank right. You. Bye, bye bye. Okay, we still have a little time to go here. Um, I'm watching the Weather Channel. It says this tropical storm is forming near the Gulf, but it's not coming towards us. It's predicted to go far to the east of us so that's again so disappointing this is why i don't even watch anymore because it's just like i'd rather be surprised right just give me a surprise rainstorm give me a surprise cold front that's that's where i'm that's where i'm headed <laughs> just surprise me oh my god because what i'm not surprised about is all the stuff that's, you know, we've been having that's going on. But I'm, I'm getting tired of my own whining, to be honest with you. Really tired of it. So, um, let's see. Bobby and Maynard, I see you there. 
uh, don't want to get started until this last short break, and the breaks are short today, um, because you want to. I, I want to give you plenty of time for your topic. So uh, I'll do a quick text, and then you'll be first after the break. But what is the right fig for Cedar Park? I'm always going to go with brown turkey, sometimes known as Texas Everbearing. That's my favorite. That's old, reliable. That's what I would get. Although, if you want to play around with some other kinds, Celeste is one. It's a little bit less cold-hardy. All right. Let's, let's go ahead and get that break done, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back and we're going to go to Bobby. He's been patiently waiting. Hey, Bobby, thanks for waiting. It's your turn. Oh, thank you. Um, I would like to grow a tomato plant in a five gallon bucket. How much soil will I need? Well, is it one of the great big bush kinds? I kind yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Well, then just fill it up. I mean, leave a little room at the top so that you don't, you know, your water doesn't just run out. But okay. the, a big tomato, big bush tomato will will take that bucket. All right. Full. And Thank be you. Be sure much. it's good quality soil, right? You want some compost in there. There's they also love stuff like lava sand, rock phosphate, um, you know, things like that, and calcium. Like, add some Epsom salt, and you know, you can you can read up on it on online a lot of things, but just make sure you get all that good stuff in there. All right. All right. I appreciate that. Sure. Have fun. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. it. Okay. Here's a text. This was last week's favorite topic. Also. Can anything be done about critters digging holes in the lawn? Uh, well, there are things that will dissuade them. And I'm trying to remember everything people suggested last week. It's, it's basically probably armadillos, but there could be other things. Other insects do dig holes in lawns. But if they, they'll come in and if there's any moisture... They're looking for grubs or worms, what have you. Uh, they'll dig holes here and there throughout your yard. And some people said that they had good luck. I remember this one with like a hot pepper spray. Um, and so you can you can buy those already made up or you can make up your own. Um, be careful if you do your own because uh, you don't want to inhale. Like if you're putting hot peppers in the blender and stuff. Um, I'd wear a mask if it was me, but you can buy these products. Um, some people have suggested the Mole Max or whatever the Mole uh, Dissuader is. I have not heard that to be particularly effective. Um, and the only other thing that I thought of to tell people uh, was that a physical barrier, it doesn't have to be much, but a physical barrier, a low wall, um, will they'll, they go along, they snuffle along. If they bump into something with their nose, then they'll tend to, to go another direction. So a low one-by-six board put vertically in a little trench around the area, something like that, to 
to try to keep them from uh, just wandering right in to the area. But otherwise, they don't typically do lasting damage at all. Um, in fact, they're helping aerate your lawn. Uh, they think they're doing you a big old favor. So <laughs> maybe look, look at it that way. You can always go back in there and fill the holes with a little soil or compost when it cools down. I wouldn't put compost down right now, though. Let's see here. Um, uh, uh, good morning, Cheryl. I need help identifying this plant. Good or bad plant? I'm told it must multiplies, needs periodic thinning, and attracts many rodents or snakes. Well, it looks like, to me, variegated ginger, uh, which is an awesome plant, and I've never heard any of that other stuff about it. I have not found it to be aggressive. I mean, that's what it looks like to me from just right here looking at it, a variegated ginger. Um, you might want to Google variegated ginger and see if that's exactly what you have, because there are other variegated things. I mean, there's variegated uh, banana plants, there's variegated um, canna, there's variegated, even variegated, um, oh, oh, what do they call it, iron, cast iron plant. If it's variegated cast iron plant, yes, then we're talking a lot of multiplying and a really thick, uh, you know, sort of planting of them if they're getting what they want. So, you might want to uh, just do a little bit more investigating about this, make sure I'm right. But I think it, it looks like variegated ginger to me, which is one of my favorite plants. Okay, let's go to southwest Austin. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Hey, young lady. How are you? I'm good because it's the end of August, and hopefully, yeah. you know, there's hope. <laughs> yes, uh, post-summer is just around the corner. So Yeah. Uh, uh, I have used the Mold Max over at my aunt's, uh, my aunt's place. The only thing that I found about it is that after we've had rain, and I was doing this back before we, you know, had the rain, that I had to reapply. Yeah, I would just, think. Yeah, I had, yeah, uh, and uh, and because the because it is a, made from a castor bean, uh, you just have to kind of reapply and kind of you know do those areas again and again. So like anything else i mean if you put the sprays down you're still gonna have yeah, to reapply exactly. after some type of rain or whatever yeah but even if you put down pepper spray or what have you that's it, exactly and that's uh you know as we both know that you know this is just a temporary fix while they're looking for grubs and those type of things but then again you know you gotta just letting people know that you just can't do a one-time deal. You yeah, have to continually you know, stay do it, on so. it as long as they're they're yeah. busy out there. But I don't know. Do you really feel like they do permanent damage? I don't think they really do. Now, I've got one, and he ends up in her front bed, and he got underneath her. Um, he dug a big hole underneath her yopons. Oh. <laughs> so I was trying to eliminate that issue as for them out there kind of digging up in the ground i was kind of like okay go get the grubs it's fine i'll you know i'll patch over and that type of thing but i i also have a skunk over in that area too that trying to keep him from getting around in that area because you know they like to burrow too so. oh yeah yeah i wonder if they're doing any of this digging 
I would I would also assume that too because you know they're out there looking for the grubs and those type of things too. But uh, being raised in East Texas, I mean, we had armadillos all the time. So I mean, you know, their hole is pretty distinct. I, I don't I I can't say that I can really identify where a skunk has been digging if it if it's yeah. much different or not. But there again, um, well, you I don't, don't you just don't see them. But you you can actually usually see the armadillos. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they're just um, uh, a fact of life, in my opinion. Yeah, they are. I mean, like I said, being raised in East Texas around them all the time, I mean, it was just, it was pretty typical for us. So, I mean, it's like, okay, kick the dirt back in a hole and move on, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, uh, that's what, that's Anyway, what wanted to share that about the, about the Mole Max and uh, go from there, but that's just, they just have to reapply it. So, good okay. advice. Thank you so much, you. Jeff. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Yeah, I mean, almost anything you do that's transitory, you know, as far as like a light spray or something, uh, will have to be reapplied if we get rain. But wouldn't it be worth it to get rain? (laughs) And the more rain we get, the more they're going to be able to stay out in the wild areas that they're used to. And the reason they're coming into our yards is because we've probably been doing some watering um, over the summer, even if you've, you've cut back on it. It's still more more moisture than is out there in the wild. I don't know how these animals are coping. I really don't. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm getting a bunch of this Texas. Hi, what is the name of the best plant identifier app you mentioned last week? Thanks, Hannah and Jeff. And they sent me some real pretty pictures. Uh, It's called uh, Plant Finder. uh, Is one of the apps. Uh, People have suggested Google Image to me before. But um, I think that just doing uh, uh, Plant Finder. Isn't that the name of it? Plant. Maybe it's Plant. Yeah, I think it's Plant Finder. Somebody correct me real quick if I'm wrong. Uh, the pictures you sent me are pretty, and you got two different things going on here. You've got a uh, Lindheimer's Morning Glory, and it looks like a regular Morning Glory. So you can see that the leaves look a little bit different, but they're they're pretty. But that's some kind of that's gonna be your Morning Glory uh, right there. So. Yeah, really nice. Love it. That's pretty. Is that the name of it? Plant Finder? I hope that's what it is. I don't know about this memory of mine. It's not as good as it used to be. But hey, let me take one more opportunity to encourage you to contact Kevin Wood Landscapes on the website, kevinwoodlandscapes.com. If you have a project you need done, some construction, things built, what have you, plants, design, really knowledgeable plant design um, with plants that work here. Oh, picture this. That's it. Thank you. I got two smart alert listeners. Picture this. Okay, yeah. Thank you so much. Picture this. That's what it is. Hope you're still listening. Um, but yeah, that's the app. Picture this. Thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love y'all. You're so good. You help me out so much. 
Oh, that's so funny. Okay. All right. Well, listen, it's about time for me to get out of here. Uh, let's all cross our fingers and pray for rain. Um, we sure do need it, or at least the cold front or something like that. But you guys enjoy. And again, don't forget to go looking for plants. I think you can get some good deals right now. And you can always go out there in the morning when it's still cool. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you all next Sunday. <laughs>